What's going on, guys? Hello and welcome to episode 66 of the Ford Progress Football Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Purdy, and today we're going to be recapping the Week 11 slate of games before getting into the Thursday Night Football Thanksgiving Day matchups. Let's get on into it. All right, let's get things started with the Eagles at the Colts. Eagles pulling off a narrow victory, last-minute comeback win, 17-16. I picked the Eagles to cover and win, so got the win right, not the cover. Um, like at least they come back and won, but like what's happening in Phillies right now? Um, their passing attack really struggled with pressure constantly getting to Hurts, and the Colts secondary had a pretty good handle on the Eagles receivers most of the game. Like that's supposed to be their strong suit, but like maybe the the like loss of Dallas Goddard is really hurting this team more than what we expected. Hopefully he can come back soon. Um, I've got the entire timetable on his injury, but yeah, like they couldn't really move the ball as you would expect them to this game. And while Hertz looked good running the ball, they weren't really able to establish the running game at all with their actual running backs. They just got dominated at the line of scrimmage and couldn't build any momentum, literally fumbling it away at one time. And that's something that's kind of concerning after more turnovers and losing the line of scrimmage battle last week too. And then on defense, you're going to take the good with the bad. I'm going to start with Darius Lay and Josiah Scott, who both played pretty poorly today in their secondary. Pittman, Pierce, and Campbell all had a couple nice catches on each of those two. But their other corner, Bradbury, he was locked down once again. Like I think he's overtaking Slay as this team's number one corner. And up front, the Sue and Joseph signings definitely have paid some early dividends. The Colts were able to run it early, but after that first drive, the Colts really couldn't get Jonathan Taylor going at all, and they were able to get to Matt Ryan a handful of times. And then for the Colts, this was a hard-fought battle and a fun game to watch for them. You can definitely see that they still have life in them, and they have a great defense. They're figuring out what works offensively, but their wide receiver trio is definitely like decent at worst, which I didn't think I'd be saying heading like into this year. Um, they just really need to figure out this offensive line so that Ryan can have more time and Taylor can get some more running room. Like, I think that's their biggest thing holding them back on this roster right now. Then we have the Browns at the Bills. Browns win, or Bills winning, sorry, 31-23. to That's a win and a push. Um, I forgot to include my notes on the pregame this one last week. Uh, you can see in the comment, though, I did say I'm going to pick the Bills to cover the 8.5. Obviously, can't cover a push, but I did pick the Bills to win. Uh, things did almost get stared here for the Bills. The Browns were running the ball at will, and the Bills couldn't even pick up a first down early in the game. And then the Bills scored 25 straight. Cook and Singletary both looked great on the ground, each having over yard, five yards per carry. And Allen recovered from a slow start to leave like an efficient, not necessarily explosive passing attack. But he had a really nice connection with Gabe Davis this game. It's a nice balanced game that the Bills haven't really had offensively. And hopefully something they can kind of build on, hopefully a stronger performance from Josh Allen in the future too, to complement the running game. But... Yeah, overall, good day, good day for their offense. And then the Bills' D really stepped up and allowed them to go on that run. They only allowed one field goal from the second quarter until five minutes to go in the fourth. Their run D stepped up big after the first drive. Oliver, in particular, made a handful of nice plays. And then Milano, he's playing at an all-pro level when he is in there. Like He's missed a couple games due to health or due to injuries this year, but when he's there, he's like top three linebacker this year. These corners, they got beat a couple times by Coop and um, Donovan People-Jones. But that's going to happen. Like These are good wide receivers, especially Cooper. Like He's very underrated. And Brissett, he was able to use his legs against them multiple times. 
Overall, they did have a the Bills D did have a really good day against the Browns. And the Browns fought hard, but eventually they were just out-talented. Um, JOK had a really nice day on defense from his linebacker position, but it takes a whole unit to stop the Bills. Like he, him and Miles Garrett, it felt like that were the only ones really showing up. Their secondary had a pretty nice day, but their run defense just got absolutely gashed. And then for their offense, Brissett, he played well. Um, and while that's good, it's also kind of tough because you can't say, oh, well, if we just had Watson instead, we would have won this. Like this team has more problems than just quarterback, and it's mostly on defense. Uh, they have the talent on defense. And I I think you can't go if they have the same defensive coordinator, or Joe. Joe Woods, I want to say, if they have Joe Woods again next year, like that's just a big mistake on the Browns' part. Something like, if you have Miles Garrett, JOK, Denzel Ward, you have a bunch of good pieces. Um, Delpit in the secondary too. Josh Johnson has been a mess since coming over here. You have all the pieces there to be at least like a de- decent defense. They definitely need. They could use another linebacker and um, better defensive tackles, but they have the pieces to be a good defense. They just aren't, and they don't really have. A ton of draft capital or cap space so it's not like they're going to be able to sign a bunch of superstars to kind of supplement the poor coaching like you need to get a good coach in here who knows maybe like brandon staley gets fired you can hire him as dc or just someone around the league like you, you they definitely need a new dc here in my opinion then we have the lions at the giants lions blowing out the giants 31 to 18 um i was wrong i picked the giants to cover and win and I really think the Lions found the blueprint on how to consistently beat the Giants. Um, this is going to be much easier said than done, but the Lions dominated the line of scrimmage, and that's what sprung this blowout. They just kept running it down the Giants' throats and then throwing some play action in, truly beating the Giants at their own game. They were safe with the ball and just consistent, not really pushing for big plays, just taking what was given, four touchdowns on the ground. And then defensively, their young defensive line also broke out. And Lee McNeil was just unstoppable up front. Like every every freaking play, he was making a play. Uh, multiple pressures, TFLs, blowing up running games left and right. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson, he had a couple nice plays too, a couple pressures. He had that great pick. Um, I'm great as in he he got it. Uh he was just unseen by Daniel Jones. He dropped into coverage from his edge spot and was just in perfect position. Just okay, yeah, I'll take that. Um, he had a nice day in run defense too, like very impressed with this young defensive line. Hopefully these are performances to build off going forwards. And then the only way the Giants can move the ball was through Daniel Jones. And if he's not perfect, this is what you're going to get. They couldn't run the ball at all. Constantly trying to go up the middle with Saquon for 1.5 yards per carry. I really wish we saw some more outside runs with Barkley because jet sweeps and Jones on like bootlegs and stuff. Those were working. Um, I don't know, maybe like incorporate a couple tosses sweep stuff like that and for Barkley I don't know why they didn't but anyways they needed Jones to be perfect this game and he wasn't a couple of inaccurate passes he had a couple picks uh constantly being forced to make off-platform throws which are difficult for any quarterback not named like uh, Josh Allen Patrick Mahomes Aaron Rodgers you know like we're so used to seeing these crazy off-platform throws that we're like oh yeah quarterback should be able to make it it's like yes like you want your quarterback to make it but you also don't want to be forcing them to make these those over and over again and it also is like it's more of a plus than an expectation and i think people are just kind of straying away from that mindset this team isn't built though to pass the ball and play from behind and without the run game they become much easier to stop as we saw in this game and that's got to be a concern going forward especially with 
Uh, they have injuries at wide receiver stacking up, so you can't pass the ball even more so. And defensively, Adoree Jackson went down this game. They just um, Xavier McKinney went out earlier this a couple weeks ago. Like they're just the injuries are piling up, and this already was a team overachieving. So I feel like it's going to be a pretty pretty rough stretch for the Giants going forwards. And then we have the Jets at the Patriots. Uh, ugly, ugly game. Uh, the Patriots beat the Jets 10-3. to oh, I picked the Jets to cover and win. And damn. This, this though, was the only way this game could end. Um, if you didn't see it, practically walk-off. There was, like, five seconds left. But walk-off, punt return, like, 80-yard punt return for the Patriots. Only touchdown scored in this game. It was just so ugly. Um, no offense by either side. Starting with the Patriots. At least, at least the Patriots could move the ball. But they couldn't finish drives. They had two missed field goals due to this crazy win. Their offensive line is a problem. Penalties. They take sacks. The TFLs knock them out of field goal position or just like stuff that would just end drives. Mac Jones was pretty decent today. Um, but Ramondre Stevenson couldn't get anything going up the middle. Damian Harris had a good day. Kind of like feel like they should have tipped the hand a bit more to him. Give it to the hot hand. You know, he was running for over eight yards a pop uh, compared to Stevenson's 1.7. It just they definitely felt like they should have put more points on the board but when you make little mistakes like they add up and then instead of doing like a third and seven versus third and 12 like that just drops your win probability your chance to convert that so much and that just would kept happening with the patriots and then for the jets they were just terrible the offensive line also stunk but then they couldn't run the ball at all like they didn't have anyone do anything uh wilson was terrible like I don't think his pocket protestance was as atrocious as it was their last game against the Patriots, but his accuracy was just terrible. I don't know if the win affected it at all, because, like, Mac Jones didn't look as bad on the other side, but, like, he was just sailing passes, undergoing them, like, left, right. Like, I, I don't know, man. These receivers, they weren't stepping it up for him either. Um, there would be a couple times where Wilson did have time, but he just couldn't find anyone open. Like, no one on the Jets ended up having more than two catches, so... While I do think Zach Wilson was horrid, how many other quarterbacks would have been able to see exceed in this position? They probably would have been able to put it up more than three points. Like Zach Wilson was bad. I'm not trying to say he wasn't bad, but like this was just an all around ugly game for the Jets. Then we have the Panthers at the Ravens. Ravens winning thirteen to three. I picked the Ravens to cover and win. It was a thirteen point spread though, so they didn't quite do that. And yeah, this was a defensive struggle. The Ravens really struggled to move the ball into the fourth quarter. Uh, Demarcus Robinson played good, but it's tough to be a passing attack when he's your number one. And they couldn't run the ball until they sprung a couple with Lamar keepers and draw plays to Drake. This definitely isn't the type of game you want to see out of this offense, especially coming off the bye. Like, you're supposed to look better than three points going into the fourth quarter against the freaking Panthers. And I'm starting to get concerned that this great offense that i was really excited for early on in the season i i don't think we're gonna end up seeing this and then the panthers sucked on offense too baker played bad but he also just had no one open downfield having average depth of the target of 5.3 just constantly checking it down the ravens really locked up these panthers receivers and forced him to go like check down after check down and on the ground game they also couldn't do anything outside of a couple nice foreman runs but not enough to make a difference the panthers aren't enough the Panthers are a mess, and I think we've seen enough of Baker here. Either go back to PJ Walker, or if he's not healthy, then turn the keys over to Darnold. Like, 
honestly kind of anything but Baker. See if Darnold provides that spark. But also, if we're being honest, we do want this team to keep losing. Right now, they have the number two overall pick after the Raiders won. So, like, they need to make sure that they get Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. They need to, like, this team isn't too far away. Obviously, this defense just had an amazing performance. They've been pretty good all year. They have the wide receivers. They have a decent offensive line. Like, this offensive line gets better and better every week. They just need that freaking quarterback. Then we have the Bears at the Falcons. Falcons winning 27-24. Um, this was a win and a push for me. I picked the Falcons to cover and win. Three-point spread. Um, but, man, the Bears, they really know how to be in exciting games without actually winning them. It's starting to be a kind of concern. Like, like as I keep saying, like I want them to lose so that they get the dra better draft position. But at the same time, like, man, you're in a lot of fun and close games that you just can't get over the hump. Um, I really hope they get some field, some weapons next year, though. Like, he's so special. And even when he had time behind this offensive line, which was pretty decent this game, but he also was able to create in the backfield, you know, as he does, it was still hard for him to find anyone open downfield. Credit to the Falcons. Getting AJ Troll back was huge for them this week because, yeah, they're... The Bears' passing attack was mostly short throws, check downs. They couldn't get anything against the secondary. And then it ends with another late-game interception. Uh, he did just dislocate his shoulder, so I'm not going to put too much of the blame on fields. I'm sure that had something to do with the accuracy. And to be fair, it did hit Montgomery in the hands, just tipped up and intercepted. You know, it's bad play all around, but you, you live with it. And then for the Falcons, this was a great day for them. They're still very much in the NFC South playoff race just because this division kind of sucks. And they could honestly also sneak into the wild card and like a 9-7 record or something. Don't know how many games they'll win in the playoffs, but hey, that's like a, that's a step forward. Um, they really struggled to stop the run early, but became really locked down in the second half. Cordero Patterson, he's freaking phenomenal. Put him in the Hall of Fame. He just set the record for career kickoff returns, touchdowns. Uh, Mariota, he played really well as a rusher and passer. Nice bounce back game after I was calling for him to get benched. And both Patterson and Tyler Algier, the rookie, looked great on the ground. Um, however, Pitts going down could be trouble. I know they don't use him much, but he was at least like a threat that the defenses had to worry about on each and every play. And taking that away, it's going to let the defenses key in more on this ground game. Mariota, Drake London, Olamide, Zacchaeus, Bird, like... It's going to be a lot easier to cover these guys. And I think we could see the Falcons offense take a real step back. Then we have the Commanders at the Texans. Uh, Commanders winning 23-10. to 10. And yeah, I picked the Commanders to cover and win. This was just a dominant game by the Commanders defense. The Texans had 21 rushing yards, holding Offensive Rookie of the Year candidate Damian Pierce to 8 yards on 10 carries. Like 0.8 yards per carry. That's ridiculous. They just own the line of scrimmage, constantly putting Mills under pressure and forcing mistakes. And these corners were locked down. After Fuller's game opening pick six, Mills did not target a commander's corner until six minutes to go in the third quarter. He went half the game without even throwing the ball in Kendall Fuller or Benjamin St. Juice direction. Like, bravo, good job. Um, and then the commanders, they were just able to play ball control offense. This ground game was great. Over 150 yards led by Gibson and Robinson. Heineke looked really good. Like outside the pick, he should have thrown to Jalen Petrie right at the beginning. He was using his legs, avoiding pressure, making plays on the run, throwing the ball away when no one was open, being really safe with the ball after like he got his, okay, F it, throw it at the defense, play out of the way. He played a really safe brand of ball, which is good for them to be able to play with the lead and 
we've seen him play this YOLO ball. Like he has the ability to play that YOLO ball and kind of like put his team in the position to win against teams that they should be like not in the position to win against. You know, like he puts, he lets his receivers make plays, but it's also like risky because it's like, okay, like this can go either way. If this YOLO ball doesn't work, then you're going to get blown out. But like if you're going to lose either way or if you got a chance to lose either way, like you want Heineke to make those plays. And if you're the favorites like you are against the Texans, you want him to be safe. And that's exactly what he was. So it's good to see he can play this type of ball, help his team beat up on a team that they should beat up on. Then we have the Rams at the Saints. Uh, Saints winning 27-20, to covering and winning like I picked. And dude, freaking Caden Ellis, who is this and why is he so good? Uh, the linebacker for the Saints, just another week popping off. Two sacks, great in run defense, great in coverage, like just all over the place. Once again, he had a quieter first half, but in the second half, it was like every other play, he was doing something. Uh, this guy is like a legit star, twenty or 2019 seventh round pick out of Idaho, just hit it on the Saints roster. And it's like, okay, like, dude, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, this whole Saints defense, though, played pretty well. I'm going to take it with a bit of a grain of salt, though, because it is against the Rams, and I just called them the worst offense in the league, and they let up 20 points on them, so it's like, eh. uh, Their pass rush wasn't that good, seeing that they were going against the Rams, but at the same time, they're down multiple starting linemen, including um, Cam Jordan and Marcus uh, Davenport. That's the name, wow. <laughs> and Chris Harris, he got burnt a couple times, um, looking real old out there. Most notably by Tutu Atwell on the big touchdown. So a couple, like, wasn't a perfect game for the Saints, but still, like, a good overall day, you know? But on offense, they were great. Like, the Saints, the Rams' defense hasn't really been the problem other than the pass rush. Um, Olave is a star. He had another big touchdown, beating Jalen Ramsey deep as part of his 100-yard day. Um, Landry and Johnson. Juwan Johnson's looking like the real deal at tight end. Uh, both of them came down with touchdowns. Dalton was phenomenal today, a real nice bounce back game after struggling in recent weeks. This Rams um, defensive line definitely got after him a bit, though. Like, you want your offensive line to not struggle against the Rams, who I was talking about, like, in the preview show about how historically bad they were. Um, so that's one thing you want to see get better. But overall, great day for the Rams, um, or sorry, for the Saints offense. And then for the Rams, their offense looked a lot better today than what I was expecting, but this season is over, put, put a fork in them. They were able to run the ball today, which is good because they haven't been able to all year, uh, 148 yards on the ground, but they really struggled to pass without Cup to lean on. But Bryce Perkins ended up coming in because Matthew Stafford got hurt, and he looked decent, I thought, for a third stringer kind of just being thrown in there, but if the Rams do want to go on a run and make the playoffs, which... I don't think they will, but you got nothing to lose winning games because you don't have your first round draft pick. They better hope Stafford comes back soon and they can actually get this passing game off the ground and going. Then we have the Raiders at the Broncos, uh, 22 to 16 win in overtime. Uh, I did pick the Raiders to win and cover, so there's that. And while that was definitely an exciting end of this game, this game definitely doesn't change my opinion on the Raiders this season. Starting with their offense, they just can't finish drives. With Waller and Redford out, this is just the Devontae Adams show through the air. And yeah, eventually they got Hollins more involved and Cole had a big catch at the end of the game. Um, so did tight end uh, Foster Moreau. And but like they really need to be able to spread the ball out to more receivers. Like this used to be a strength of Carr and now he just like, it's like zero in on Devontae Adams. And if it's not him, then it's check down. 
Um, Josh Jacobs did have a really nice day on the ground though, and then had a really big receiving yard on the on a wheel route to set up game tying field goal. But yeah, um, and then on defense, it also just feels like a one man show with Max Crosby. He now has nine of the 13 sacks for the Raiders on the season, which is just ridiculous. Like, imagine if he had any help on this defensive line, he'd be for sure in the defensive player of the year conversation. He should be with just how little help he's getting. Like, that's ridiculous. Um, and also if they were winning, if, if they were winning, he probably would be, but they aren't. So <laughs> their secondary also looks really poor. Um, undrafted free agent rookie Sam Webb out there as a starter getting cooked left and right um and the rest of the unit was just like average like obviously they did enough to slow down this broncos vaunted passing attack sarcasm um but you know like they were fine it was really just webb who was just like wow that's not good um but luckily they did face the broncos they the, the broncos moved the ball relatively well for their standards but similarly to the raiders they could only punch it in once um this was the first time all year the team facing the Raiders did not score a passing touchdown like that's not what you want to see Russ was pretty decent today despite not throwing the touchdown um but he had a couple moments where he was just like antsy in the pocket off page with his receivers and they couldn't find any consistency running the football um obviously Melvin Gordon got cut after fumbling this game and yeah this is just another game where the defense played good enough to win and all they needed to do was score 18 points Ooh. Sorry, all they needed to do was score 18 points in regulations, but once again, they came up just short. And then we have the Cowboys at the Vikings, what many thought would be an exciting game turned into a 43 or 42-3 blowout for the Cowboys. Um, I did pick the Cowboys to cover and win, but like, holy crap, Cowboys, I did not expect this. They just destroyed the Vikings in every aspect. And while their offense scored 40 points, I thought this defense was like the really impressive part. Like, obviously both were impressive, but like, damn defense. Um, they just absolutely own the line of scrimmage. Seven sacks, eight TFLs, 26 pressures. Their secondary was amazing. Diggs locked down Jefferson for most of the game, following him around and holding him to the tune of three catches for 33 yards. And the rest of the secondary played great too. Uh, Curse, he made a couple key plays. Brown had one of his better days, mostly lining up against Leland. Like, they just felt like they could do no wrong. And then their offense was super impressive too. Pollard continues to shine, 189 total yards, two touchdowns. Zeke was really effective in the short yardage situation, punching it in at the goal line when Pollard failed to do so. Like, yes, we want to give Pollard all this crowns, and I do think he's the better running back, but Zeke is better in the short yardage. He showed that himself, or he showed that today, picking up two touchdowns himself. Uh, Dak, he played perfectly, constantly just getting it to his open wide receivers and letting them do the work, playing a more game manager style role today, but like... That's not a bad thing. If you're executing the offense, putting 40 points, hell yeah, manage the game, do that. Um, and the Vikings just got punched in the mouth. Simple as that. No way around it. They came off an exciting overtime win last week and felt invincible. Said Aria Smith pregame was like, 9-1 feels good, stuff like that. Like, you're facing the Cowboys. This is a good team. I I don't know what they were thinking. Um, It just felt like that they thought they'd be able to dominate the Cowboys for whatever reason and weren't ready to face what's a really good Super Bowl caliber team like I think like especially in the NFC it's wide open right now um I think they'll bounce back fine from this but yeah it's an important lesson for them to not get too much in their heads and I think this loss is kind of good for them like hey like we're good but we aren't like good enough to just be like oh yeah like this is a cakewalk and then we have the Bengals at the Steelers 37 to 30 win for the Bengals um I did pick the Bengals to cover and win but I did not expect this to be a shootout it was a super exciting one though 
Uh, starting off with the Bengals, Burrow was just unstoppable. He finished with two picks, but one was off a tipped pass, and the other one was just an unbelievable play. JJ Watt or TJ Watt <laughs> jumping off the line of scrimmage and somehow calling it in like holy crap. Um, besides those, he finished with 344 yards and four touchdowns without Jamar Chase and Mixon going down pretty early. Not really having a running game at all with Mixon in there or Samaje P. Ryan, but Burrow just stayed calm, found open receiver after open receiver. They couldn't guard the flats, especially against Samaje P. Ryan. Like Samaje P. Ryan with three receiving touchdowns, you're doing something wrong. Um, but on defense, their defense or their secondary definitely really struggled without Shinobi Wuzier. And they weren't amazing against the Steelers' run game. That has really struggled until last week. But Hendrickson and Hubbard both had pretty decent games. Um, rushing the passer, constantly getting pressure on Pickett to force bad throws. And Jermaine Pratt was all over any run that comes in his direction. But similar to what I said about JOK and the Browns, like, just because you're great doesn't mean your whole unit's going to be great, you know? But the Steelers, they keep looking better and better offensively. Um, I was kind of disappointed they scored the last minute touchdown because that ruined Pickett's streak of going 3, 10, 13, 20, and then they had 23 until they scored the touchdown. Now it's 30, so whatever. Uh But Pickett, he was up and down. He had his connection going with Pickens, and that looks amazing. Like They're going to be a great duo, I think, for years to come. I think Pickett's going to continue to get better and either Steelers starting quarterback for a while. Pat Fryermuth, he stepped up late as a really good safety blanket for him. Uh, Najee, he had a nice day on the ground, at least relative to the blocking, getting 90 yards. Like that, the uh, Steelers offensive line was just getting dominated. So it was pretty like pretty impressive by Najee himself. Uh, Steelers definitely still have some problems offensively, specifically their offensive line. And Pickett did get away with a couple risky throws. Um, he's definitely got to improve, but he is a young quarterback. So like give him time. He's definitely looking more and more like a legit starter in this league, which I think should be your main goal of the Steelers. Find out if he is and do everything you can to make sure that he is put in the position to succeed. Then we have the Chiefs at the Chargers, a 30-27 win for the Chiefs. Picked the Chiefs to cover and win, so didn't cover, but at least they won. And yeah, just another freaking exciting matchup between these two. And another time where Mahomes just proves he's unbelievable. Like, dude, some of the freaking passes, like the one to Fortson, you cannot have placed the ball in a better location. The Chiefs' ground game was killer too. The blocking was phenomenal all day. It really sprung some big runs for Pacheco, who took advantage of them. And um, back to the passing game, Mahomes and Kelsey, they were just on fire together. More stepped up in the absence of Juju and Hardman. I was surprised Tony didn't get more involved, and now it looks like he's going to be out for a minute with injury. We'll see how serious that is. Um, but it worked. More looked great, and the Chiefs were able to put up 30. And the Chargers, they were great, too. It was nice to see Allen back to being himself. He gave this offense a huge boost. I definitely wish we saw more of Mike Williams. But, you know, one of these guys had to get injured. You knew that. Palmer, he really stepped up as the number two, though. Like, now that he's not the number one, he can, like, less pressure on him. And he can really step up and produce. If he's the number three in your offense, that's, I think, really good. And then I thought the Chargers also, their offensive line played really well in run blocking really paving the way for Eckler however they struggled a lot in pass protection um and while Herbert was able to make some plays under pressure um sacks and then a couple like throws that were just off due to that pressure really is what killed them this game um that plus like Mahomes just being Mahomes 
if their offense looks more like this going forward, so they definitely should be in playoff contention. Like this is the this looked more like the Chargers offense that we were all promised going into the season. Then we have the Niners at the Cardinals with a 38 to 10 blowout in Estadio Azteca. Um, yeah, I picked the Niners to cover and win, and man, that was an exciting game to watch. Like the Niners starting with their offense, it was just perfect. This this is what Kyle Shanahan the offense is supposed to look like when executed. The blocking was phenomenal, all light from all their players. Um, their offensive line didn't allow a sack. They ran for 5.7 yards per carry as a team. And their downfield blocking by receivers, tight ends, they really helped spring some really big runs and yards after catch. And all the skilled position players showed up. Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, they all found the end zone. CMC had over 100 scrimmage yards. And Jamie was just like near perfect. 20 for 29, just constantly distributing the ball and putting his receivers in positions to make plays. This is what the Niners often should look like when firing on all cylinders. It's just how often are they going to be able to beat this amazing? And they were wild on defense too. Um, constantly disrupting McCoy in the backfield. They finished with three sacks, held the Cardinals to 2.8 yards per carry as a team. And while their secondary did get beat a couple times, they only gave one big play and that was on a screen. So they did a really good job on keeping everything in front of them. And the Cardinals were just simply outmatched. It's hard to beat the Niners when they're playing like this, like especially when you have your backup quarterback in. They are going to need to go on a real crazy run to make the playoffs, but I don't think they have it in them to do so. This offense can be decent with Kyler, but their O-line is still a mess. Uh, their defense, they just lack talent, most specifically rushing the passer. Like This, this just felt like the nail in the coffin on their season. All right, so on the week, that means straight up, I was 12-2 against spread 5-2. Um, that's going to bring my overall record to 96, 67, and 1, and then against the spread, 74, 83, and 7. And now it's time to get into the Thanksgiving Day games, starting off with the Bills, nine-point favorites facing the Lions. The Bills definitely had a bit of a slow start against the Lions or the Browns last week, but they really turned it up after that. Now they get to face the Lions bright and early, and although the Lions had a nice day defensively against the Giants, the Bills are not the Giants. The Bills are going to put up points on the Lions. Like, there's no way around it, especially if Okuda's not playing. Like, I feel like this is going to be a bounce-back game for Josh Allen specifically. I know the Bills had a bounce-back game um, running the ball last week, but Josh Allen really needs to step up and be like, hey, like, this is my MVP-type performance, even though I think Mahomes is an MVP right now. Like, I think Allen really needs to have one of those games if they want to be taken hundred percent seriously because right now a lot of like there's some question marks again around josh allen again and the question for the lions are is, are they going to be able to keep pace like this defense isn't going to be able to stop them but we've seen their offense be really effective and impressive at times but they're just so inconsistent they looked great early on in the year and then one last week big against the giants but they also have some stinkers in there like getting shut out by the freaking patriots they won off the backs of their strong ground game last week, but now they're facing the Bills, who just shut down Nick Chubb and the Browns. And I don't think the secondary is really going to be scared of Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown, so I'm going to pick the Bills to cover and win. And then the second game is the Giants at the Cowboys. Cowboys nine-point favorites. And yeah, speaking of the Lions opponents last week, the Giants, they're coming off that bad bow out where they couldn't run the ball and their defense was as worse as it's been as all year. Do I think last week is who the Giants are? No, they've played far too well the rest of the year. 
but these injuries are starting to stack up at receiver and in the secondary, and I think it's just going to be tougher and tougher for them to play their ball control, good defense style of ball. And then the Cowboys, they're just coming off a molly whopping of the Vikings. Um, they need to be careful about the Giants and not overlook them. This definitely has a bit of trap game vibes in our division, um, and the Giants are they're still a decent team, you know, like even though they got blown out. But I think they should feel pretty comfortable about this one. As I said, the Giants are losing a lot of members of their secondary, so Lamb and these receivers could really pop off. And it seems like they're finally seeing the value that Pollard provides, using him as the primary running back and Zeke more as like the change of pace, like bringing the bruiser type of guy, you know? And defensively, they just need to sell out against the run. If you can't trust your corners on an island against these Giants receivers, then I think you have other problems. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is playing phenomenally this year and Brown opposite of him is up and down so maybe they need to help him out there a bit like with some safety help or something but if they can limit the bootleg and the run game um, the Cowboys should be in pretty comfortable position to take control and cover and win this one so that's what I'm going to pick and then the Patriots at the Vikings Vikings two and a half point favorites it's kind of funny how all these teams have like a through line in them like Lions at Giants last week um Cowboys at Vikings like I don't know they're all just kind of connected the Vikings played the Bills two weeks ago I don't know just kind of a funny little coincidence I don't know um anyways the Vikings they were on the other end of that Cowboys blowout last week as I was just mentioning and I expect them to come out pissed they are far too talented of a team to get blown out that badly however this Patriots defense is also too good to get absolutely cooked by Kirk freaking Cousins especially in prime time and so while I think the Vikings will have their moments offensively put up like a solid like 20 to 30 points, I think it's going to come down to these defenses and which one steps up better. Um, the Patriots, though, they look sad offensively. They won last week by finally scoring a touchdown on a last-minute punt return. But their offensive line, it just isn't their offensive line of old. Sedaria Smith and Daniel Hunter have been on a tear this season. I don't see how they're going to contain them. The Vikings secondary has mostly been playing good. Um, look at Andrew Booth, who's definitely really struggling, which I'm disappointed in. Like, second round pick out of Clemson, I thought he was, I think he's still going to be a star one day, but like, doesn't look good right now. He's still getting used to the NFL, so maybe the Pats can try to take advantage of him a bit. But I just find it hard to believe that the Vikings aren't going to come out here. Like, there's something to prove with their hair on fire, you know? They're on primetime after being absolutely embarrassed last week. Like, they even got pulled from CBS. So I think that they're just going to come out here pissed off and cover and win. All right, so that's going to do it for today's episode. I hope everyone out there has a happy Thanksgiving. I'm going to be going home for Thanksgiving, so the Friday episode might come out Saturday. We'll see how the timing and all that works. Um, it is going to be an audio-only version. Like I will still post it on YouTube. It's just going to be like, I don't know, like it will just say FPF or something on the screen. I haven't really thought that far ahead yet. Um but yeah, if you're on YouTube, let me know some of your picks for the Thursday night football games, the Thanksgiving football games in the comments below. Leave a like and subscribe. Stick around. Uh, if you're on Apple, Spotify, wherever else you might be finding this, you won't notice any difference in the podcast next week. So that's good for you. Um, but also leave a five-star review. Go tell your friends. That's the only way for me to help get this podcast out, especially on the audio versions. And leave a five-star review. And yeah, I will see you all next time.